Hair people, it's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Happy Wednesday, everybody. So happy to be here again, home. That's like a huge thing. Yeah. Good to be back in the studio. Yeah. And all set up in Clearwater, Florida. <laughs> we enjoy traveling. We do enjoy getting out there and meeting the people. Um, at some point, sleeping in different beds gets a little old. You I, like being home in your own bed. Yeah, I think that I counted like a dozen mm-hmm. or something like that. It's right. yeah, it was it was a bit. Mm-hmm. Um so those of you who uh, listened in on Monday. Um, we started a new series, which we're going to do through the whole month of August and then come up with the next topic for, Mm -hmm. um, September. So it's like monthly Monday management and, um, the topic for, for this, uh, um, for this month is Mm -hmm. seize the day. Right. And so there was an assignment, just want to just, uh, Hopefully y'all are are doing the thing. Um, if you aren't familiar with what we're talking about, go back and listen to Monday's broadcast, and then start journaling the things you do during the day. And yeah. you know, if you want to add a little bit of like how much time it's taken you. Yeah, it was fun. We talked things. to a dealer yesterday in a virtual meeting. He showed us his handwritten. Oh list. yeah, he's already, he's already started, started it. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Hey Tommy. Good morning. Um, hey, David. hey David Norton. Good to see you here. We still need to uh, sync up, David. We'll find a time to get together. And, um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, one of five, um, broadcasts that we'll be doing on Mondays. There are five Mondays in August and we're going to take each one and talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, management and, and productivity and some, and a concept that I call weekly initiative. So mm-hmm. we're going to invite everybody to tune in for that. And uh, yeah, there's, our, there's nothing more you need to do with it than just kind of keep track. That's right, it. That's right. all. That's all we're asking. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For this, for this week, just keep track of all the stuff that you do as a dealer or general manager, for example. And, and then yeah. we'll talk about that more next week. But yeah, for today, we wanted to talk about um, a particular subject. We threw a poll out there. Oh, it's in, White uh, Hat Wednesday, by yeah, the way. Yeah, so this is about hats. how to be a better dealer um, like being a hero, being yeah. the, the good guy. Yeah. We're trying to, uh, emphasize the, uh, the way to have success as a dealer and have your customer be successful along the way. In fact, we think those things go hand in hand. So we, um, are out there making the business case for that all yeah. the time. And, yeah. you know, Wednesdays for us on white hat thing is about spotlighting dealers that are doing things well and it's about introducing new concepts or maybe they're not new to a lot of people. They're just, um, they're not talked about enough yeah. in our industry. And so, you know, usually when we talk about um, uh, the the concept of the white hat way, mm-hmm. um, uh, if, if we have new listeners out there, if you get on the bhphinstitute.com, there's a tab for the white hat way so you can read a little bit of the history about that. But there's it. It kind of starts with just a really simple question: Do you want your customer succeed, or don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's you know the that a lot of these things that we talk about are about helping your customers succeed. Right, and I think you know I often say it in a, in a different way. Like I will say, do you care whether your customer is successful? Do you care whether your customer makes it to the end of their contract or not? Mm-hmm. I can't make somebody start to care, but what I can do is start to help them connect the dots on why it's good for their business. 
to take the approach and, you know, caring obviously has to be genuine, but from a pure business standpoint, what we wanted to talk about today is this question about, you know, if we're, we asked it as though it's collectors do when we train our collectors out there, do we have them ever ask the customer about their car? You know, in, in the days when we had, um, more, um, people paying in person, obviously that's shifting now and we've got more and more people paying by phone or, you know, online ACH, whatever. And that's just Mm -hmm. part of it. But when we do have interaction with customers, are we training our people to ask them how the car is performing? And, you know, I think the results that we got back so far, you know, are overwhelmingly, uh, you know, no, no, it's a small sampling. We just put the poll out last night. We had 21 respondents so far in Mm -hmm. the success group and 17 out of 21 said that, um, no, they do not train collectors to ask that question about, you know, how's the car performing. But that kind of actually brings like another question is, is anyone? Yeah. Asking, anyone in the operation, is anyone right? in the operation, um, act, you know, when there's, there's opportunities to connect with your customer is anyone in the operation asking how the car is performing. And, and maybe we could even ask it a different way. It's like, do we see the benefit in having people on our team ask that question? So it's really about, it's obviously it's about proactivity here. It's about Mm -hmm. understanding, you know, the customer's situation. This at the end of the day is our collateral. We're a buy here, pay here dealer. This is our collateral that we're talking about. And we, we, we've known every one of us that's been in the business for more than five minutes knows that the customers don't want to pay when the car is not running. Mm-hmm. So now this is why it becomes a collections matter. And we talked about, and by the way, this was early July. We did a session. I don't know that we, in the name, Michelle, I don't know that we called it anything reference to customer advocacy, but I think it was on our July 6th episode. We've teased it a bunch of times, but yeah. Yeah, but if you go back and find that uh, episode, I think it's on July 6th, where we talked about um, what we call ways to reduce charge-offs. So this is kind of in the same context. And so that episode introduced the concept of customer advocacy. And I'll try to find that and share it in the the uh, thread with this um, broadcast when it goes out. But um, the idea here is that we we recommend to our clients that we do get in the habit, uh, cashiers, collectors, and this is not every time. You know, Tyler Simmons, our friend out of, in West Texas, raised the thing about you know it could get a little redundant, and and I totally agree if you did it every time. Yeah, but okay, so we we talked about that last night when we saw that Tyler mm-hmm. put the that um, the comment out there, but. I, you know, I, I brought up, I go to the grocery store, the same grocery store. I go to the grocery store two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. And every single time I get up to the cash register, they say, were you able to find everything that you were looking for? And every single time I say, why are you hiding stuff? <laughs> no, like where are the that's maple it. donuts? That's, yeah, that's right. No, that's the old but joke, they, but, but they asked, right. they is, did you find everything you're looking for? Because, you know, most of the time people are going to like, yeah, it's fine. But if you weren't able to, to, if you weren't able to find the thing that they're like, Oh, let me help you. Cause I've done that. Or it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, uh, everything except I wasn't able to find blank. Right. And so they'll quickly look or, or, and, and then, um, 
if obviously they they'll they'll dig into their system and and sometimes it's like oh it looks like we're out or oh we aren't carrying that anymore or it's on aisle seven um which it's very to me it's it's kind of a similar type of thing as far as the redundancy piece is is just asking and a lot of times i i don't think that they're going to say everything's fine yeah. Uh, or and and like would you stop asking me but they're gonna yeah everything's great or yeah we're having a little problem with da da da, da. and it, that opens up a great conversation to be yeah. able to help and this is kind of a training question and it, it's like a, a training matter mm-hmm. it's like in the context of training we we i feel like we should give our people the latitude because we we've heard it you've been in the operations and i've Mm -hmm. listened to enough uh, recorded phone calls from collectors and they sound very robotic Mm -hmm. it becomes just almost machine-like where the customer calls in are you paying this and it's just it's very it's Mm non-personal it's very robotic and all i'm simply saying is if i'm waiting for the computer to load i'm going to I'm going to try to train people to say, you know, you know, talk to them about whatever, talk about the weather, but then ask them, Hey, how's your car getting along? Isn't that the nature of our relationship? If I check out at a hotel, don't they say, how did you folks enjoy your stay? Mm -hmm. Don't they? Oh, they they send a survey even. Right. Um, Why? Yeah. And we, we stay in a lot of hotels. And and so, you know, you can ask Mm -hmm. the hotel, do they want us to continue to do business with them for the next three years? Mm -hmm. Of course they do. They want to know if there's a problem with their experience. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting when we, when we spoke at buy here, pay here United this last spring, um, you know, we talked about uh, being someone different. Mm-hmm. Um, like we use Chick-fil-A as, as kind of an example. You mean as having a, the dealership be ha- known having, differently. Yes. No, right. not being, yeah. <laughs> we're always yes, different. That's yeah. it. We're always yeah. different. Um, and someone asked, you know, in the days of ACH, how do we stay connected? And it's, it's like, Kate, because part of the problem, if you're not staying connected with your customer, if you're not asking them the questions, then when a problem arises, um, they 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 don't feel like they can come and talk to you about it. It's, it's this feeling of shame or feeling of, you know, they're going to be upset or I can't make my payment or, or, you know, something needs to get fixed. I don't have the money to do it. And what do we know from um, experience with... Um, our customers is that we run the risk of them just going silent when they need us and then buying somewhere else and we end up having to repo them. And so is it, is it worth asking um, that question? And yet, you know, yeah, everybody out there, you're going to have that, that person every once in a while, that's just going to yammer on about how awful whatever is you're gonna every dealership has um has those those uh um customers that that you know will find something to complain about yeah and this is something i don't talk about very often but i i recognize that what we're talking about here is really part of a larger subject around you know, customer interaction and the job that we do on the collection side, you know, so maybe I should explain it this way as keep in mind, I was a dealer myself for seven years. I've managed uh, dealerships for many years besides that. And, you know, we're always, we're working to have, uh, you know, excellent follow through, you know, dialogue with customers, excellent interaction and good relationships in, in every capacity I've been in. So among the things I would think about is that, the collections team has more interaction with our customer than 
anybody else will. I mean, it's just the nature of, and even ACH, I mm -hmm. mean, they're still going to have to call in or whatever, but the reality is that's, that's our point of contact with our customer. So mm -hmm. that just means I'm not, maybe I should also add, I think of anything after delivery as being an account matter. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we, we can break down the whole thing about as is uh, versus uh, service contract versus warranty. I'm still saying after it, it even, takes, even if it's a, something that needs to be fixed, it's still an account matter. It's not a sales matter anymore mm -hmm. for sure. In my, in my approach to the business, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with sales after they take delivery. And that's going to be true, whether it's a, you know, warranty matter or however we're supporting mechanical matters after delivery or any other, because why would I say that? It's because it affects the payment. If, if a customer is dealing with a warranty matter and they're expected to cough up $150 deductible, do we think that's going to affect their car payment? I think so. Mm -hmm. And so we want to try to resolve that stuff together. And so this is just how we begin to, to do that is to recognize that, you know, in the collection department, they, they are for all practical purposes, our customer relations department. Now we, we suggested that dealers that are large enough and can justify doing it, place somebody in there in a role called a customer advocate because mm -hmm. now they're not now they're not really um a, a, an employee of the collection department mm -hmm. they're not an employee of the sales department they're really their primary role is customer success customer advocacy customer relations yeah so, and some of the places that we've uh introduced this position they're the ones that are handling insurance they're mm -hmm. the ones that are handling a lot of those things that are about having communication with the customers like uh you know have have you got this in um this is what's happening there's you know you, if if you have a service department hey it looks like you are due for an oil change yeah. or whatever that's that that person is is specifically for that um customer Right. Uh, to be their advocate for sure. this, for the shop even as well as collections. Right. But if I'm thinking, if I'm a collector and I'm trained and I care, I give, you know, one flip about <laughs> any minute past right now, then I'm going to be able to say, you know, I'm waiting for the customer. I'm waiting for the customer's account to load so I can post the payment and I can ask them. So, you know, how do you guys get along with your car? I, it's, you know, I sh maybe it shows on the screen, which I show you guys have this such how you get along with it. There's how, what are the benefits of my asking that question? Well, for one thing, it could be a way for me to begin to learn that, oh, I'm not driving that car. You know, my boyfriend's been driving it or whatever. You could learn something yes. that way, which is obviously a collection opportunity. But mostly I'm trying to find out if the customer says to me, um, well, it's fine. It's been overheating a lot lately. That's like red flag, red flag. I mean, like, how much more expensive is something that needs to be fixed that's ignored? Yeah. Then if it's catastrophic and, and some, some might yeah. say, well, I'm or not too worried about that. I've got a warranty. If the car breaks down, it's got a warranty. Well, really we want to, we want to file warranty claims that are $2,000 instead of putting a, you know, $150 thermostat, mm -hmm. you know, uh, repair on, on a mm -hmm. car and solving a problem before it becomes a bigger problem. Like these are just examples of where we sometimes make our job more difficult than it needs to be. And mm -hmm. so this is why we thought this question was an important one to raise. It's like, why are we afraid to talk to customers about this, their, their experience with their car and why not take a, a really proactive approach to that and just, you know, show that we care. Like we mm -hmm. still care. We cared about you the day you bought the car. 
we still care about you, you know, 12, 18 mm-hmm. months into this contract, we're basically saying, we, we want to know if there's a problem with the car. We, we, we obviously, we understand, we don't have to say this part to the customer, but we understand if the car is not performing, you don't want to make your payment. So as a result, we want to know yeah. if there's a problem with the car. And, and I would say, you know, it's, it's a lot of times it's not what you say, but how you say it. I've, right. I've taught, <laughs> that's actually one of the isms that my children sitting around a dinner table. I remember mom saying that mm-hmm. not what you, it's not what you say, but how you say it. So even like if with a, with a, a collector is it just kind of really just a casual, that's a casual question. That's sure. not a hit list question where it's like, okay, is your address the same? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. the car performing? Okay. It's like, yeah. Hey, how's the car coming along? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. is, is it doing what you needed it to do? Sure. How's, you know, how are things going with that? And, and it doesn't mean that the collector becomes a problem solver. If a problem emerges, they, like a, mm-hmm. a, the collector doesn't become a mechanic. In fact, it works to their advantage that they're not a mechanic. Especially but they can, if they have a, a, um, a customer advocate, right. they can just say, hey, let right. me transfer you over to so-and-so. Absolutely. So this is about, you know, monitoring how the collateral is performing, which is mm-hmm. an, uh, has an impact on my ability mm-hmm. to collect if I'm a collector and I'm thinking long-term and I'm also thinking about next week and next month's payments. And so mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be proactive and help step in there and address a problem, you know, when there is one. So this is why we recommend it. it starts to give you a little insight into the approach that we bring to all collections. It's, it's really comprehensive. And, and I hope somebody listening will be able to help me come up with a better analogy, but um, <laughs> years ago, I've told, I've used this analogy because I, I haven't come up with a better one, but years ago, my dad took a job, uh, you know, as a farmer rancher and in the wintertime, there wasn't much to do on the farm. And so he, he took a job with a friend driving a, truck a delivery truck out in the rural routes delivering um i think it was some sort of feed supplement for cattle or whatever but he was driving a rural route and my dad could be <clears throat> a little bit anxious and uptight and he kind of he as he started on this job he was driving he, he kept feeling the pressure of you know i got to get to my next site i got to hurry to get to my next site hurry 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 and then suddenly he had the realization somewhere on his journey that he said oh i'm i don't need to hurry like i'm doing my job right now you mm-hmm. follow where I'm going with this is mm-hmm. like, I'm doing the job right now as I drive. I just need to relax and realize because sometimes where this relates in the collection side. And again, if somebody's got a better analogy, please share it because I'm really <laughs> trying to, the connection I'm trying to make there is that we, we really need to recognize in collections that part of the job we do is we don't need to hurry to get the payment post and hurry to the next payment, hurry to the next payment. Part of, part of doing the job, and creating sustained success and, and reducing charge-offs is taking a few minutes to invest with each customer and get to know them a little bit and, and you know, chat. And, and asking them about the car is a perfectly natural thing for us to do. There's benefit for us in knowing about that. And so I'm just saying it's part of the job as we do that. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe that affects how many collectors we have per account, you know, in terms of our approach to that. But you know, I'm just simply saying, look, if our charge-offs are higher than we'd like, let's look at this as one Absolutely. means to maybe start to, to move Absolutely. that needle. And, you know, one of the things I, um, I was looking at some numbers and I don't have like a study in front of me, but I, just from my personal experience, there's a couple of things I wanted to share, um, from personal experience, but, um, there was an article I read from HubSpot that was about, um, good customer service. And that if you have really great customer service, if you've got good customer service, that what the numbers that they're using is that you have like a 60 to a 70% probability of that customer purchasing from you again. Right. 
versus if you don't, it's and and someone comes in off the street um, and it's a new customer, you only have a five to 20 percent chance of selling something mm. to them. Okay. So it's like just the idea of being having really great customer service. Um, it's it's a lot lighter of a lift sure. to make it. It's that whole repeat customer thing. And, you know, we've, we've talked about part of the white hat way when we've talked to some of these dealers is um, I think, yeah, we were talking to, I think it was Gordy that says that he has not advertised mm -hmm. at all for years, years. maybe decades <laughs> for decades. Cause it's all repeat and referral, repeat and referral. And why is that? Because he cares. Mm -hmm. And he asks the questions and they, you know, they help where they can help and all that it's, I mean, how many of you out there would love the ability to have just repeat and referral business? Yeah. Yeah. And there's also the matter in that, that uh, sometimes gets lost is the actual cost of attracting a new customer. If you looked at the cost of what you spent to mm -hmm. you know, close those customers, even at a 20% range that you mentioned, you know, what you spend to create that new business versus what you would spend to, to, you know, create that or to get a repeat deal with that customer you have already. Uh, we were talking with, um, it was Russell Moore, our visit to Texas. We talked about this customer retention thing. And I was sharing with him that in my own dealership, I was a, a business model that was a very low ACV, very short-term contracts. And so we really relied heavily on the repeat sale. Mm -hmm. we, you know, it's kind of was critical in our business model. And so we were hyper-focused on that. And we, we actually broke ours out into a rollover sale, which was somebody who bought another car before they finished paying off mm -hmm. the one that they had. And another one was a reclaimed customer, somebody who paid off and we and they came back in to do business with us again, you know, some point later. So we, we really kind of broke that down, but I would just say, you know, as we look at uh, another thing to think about, we, we meet dealers that are looking to grow their portfolio mm -hmm. and typically their answer to growing their portfolio is sell, sell, sell. If I could, if I could increase my sales by 10, then I could grow my portfolio. Well, let me give you a little clue. There's another way to grow You've your portfolio. You've already got a captive audience. There's a way to, to grow yeah. your portfolio is to save some of the accounts that you're currently losing. <laughs> yeah. And so we just think, and that's actually Or invite them you. to buy again, even. Sometimes yeah. it's just that simple little, hey, we see that you're, and we, we talk to a lot of dealers that do this and it's sure. successful. We see that you've got like, six months left on your contract or whatever, and you've been a good payer. How about we trade you up? Yeah, could be for sure. I mean, yeah. there's definitely approaches out there that we, we like to see people use, yeah. but they first got to get there yeah. and they're less likely to get there. If we let a car overheat and overheat and we don't deal with it and it fails. Ask and even though the customer, you know, because we, we, you, some of you will say, well, that's why I have my reinsurance company. We'll, we'll run that through the warranty thing and we'll handle a claim. Well, that's, that's fine. Except you're, that's a super inconvenience. That's major inconvenience to your customer. You know, even if, even though you're paying for the claim you still you may or may not be providing a loaner car i don't know where you're finding loaner cars if you're doing that but basically mm -hmm. it's like if you, even if you do that it's a it's a major inconvenience to your customer and we're running the risk of losing them even though we've got a warranty and we, we know that most of us are out there you know seeing that happen a lot mm -hmm. but it really it boils down to me it's kind of back to the thing about why not be proactive and why not you know, find those problems before they become bigger problems. And it doesn't exactly apply in this, this situation, but I, I always think of in this context, I think of a story from way back when I was a, just a new manager and buy your pair. I'd been in the franchise business as a salesperson, sales manager, and I'd barely been in the 
the buy here, pay here business, managing a location for, I don't know, six months to a year and had a customer come in who just was in love with their car. Like they, they had bought this car and just loved it. And it was super clean, older car, but um, he and his wife just really enjoyed this car. And one day he came in with the saddest look on his face and he just like, he says, Jim, I'm sick. He said, I just came from the mechanic cars running terrible and a mechanic, you know, in my hometown, which is about 20 miles away. He said, they told me I need a new motor. And uh, I'm like, oh man, that's, that's a bummer, you know? And so mm-hmm. um, again, this doesn't exactly apply, but it's important for us to tie in later. It's like the, we end up um, going through that. We priced a motor. We end up, before we did anything, we ran it out for a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Turned out to only need plug wires, about 35 bucks and he was back <laughs> on the road. So the point yeah. is kind of, you can see where the tie in uh, is. It's like, you know, sometimes if we're just proactive and we step in there and mm-hmm. we identify these things now, again, this is more of a warranty question because you, you would, you would run the risk of putting a motor in a car, you know, instead of some plug wires that would be inside the deductible, you know, it's like, that's, that's kind of a separate thing, but it's like, we have to first know what's going on with mm-hmm. the customer. We have to know kind of what's going on in order to step in and be proactive and have a chance to get involved and solve a problem yeah. before it becomes a bigger problem. We have to be, we have to have interaction. We have to be plugged in with the customer and know what's going on. And that includes what's going on with the collateral. Absolutely. Um, and it's, so Talk to them, ask mm-hmm. them about, about your yeah. collateral. It doesn't and, have to be yeah. over time. It doesn't have to be, but I mean, you know, make it a practice. It's like, Hey, don't be afraid to do yeah. it. Because How, it's how's, how's the car going? Right. And yeah. Um, there's a couple of things that, uh, actually tie into this, that we're going to be unpacking. Uh, uh, that's my phrase for talking about. Later. <laughs> um, we're going to be unpacking a few different topics um, around this over the next uh, month or, or the next few weeks. One of them is um, uh, we had, there was a Facebook uh, post a few weeks back on dealer or I just work here. Oh yeah, that's one of them that mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna have it uh, take the opportunity in the next few weeks to to talk about on a white hat um, white hat Wednesday, and then the other one is the art of listening, and mm-hmm. um and we uh, we had a conversation. You know, all of you guys know that we are friends with Bill Elizondo, and and uh, he's coming into Tampa soon, so we were like making arrangements to go get some smoked old fashions, and uh, we were just kind of talking about you know how things are going, and and he brought up something about um, the art of listening, mm-hmm. and so we're going to see if we we can get Bill to to join us on the show, and we can talk about that. Um, I don't think next week's going to work because I think Wednesday's a travel day for him, but um, right. maybe the week after. But uh, so yeah, there's a couple of really good topics that we we would like to to uh, unpack more about this this idea of um, really being open to having a conversation with your customer, right? And how um, how beneficial that I mean, you know, heck, if if we're looking to be able to uh, um, if we're looking to be able to uh, get those repeat, um, or referral customers, then that is, it's essential that we, that we take time to have a conversation and see, um, you know, how their experience is. Yeah. And, and like I say, we, we don't have to be, um, redundant or repetitive or bring it up every time, but we also just should not be afraid to have that conversation Mm -hmm. and go there. If we're, if we're that afraid of our collateral, 
we need to take a deeper look at our business model because, you know, that just tells me that if we're afraid to step into that conversation, then, and that creates, you know, turns um, flames into full on fires, <laughs> then let's yeah. try to, let's, let's just do some firefighting and figure out yeah. what that problem is and get to the bottom of it. Try to try to, cause we just really should have more confidence in the cars and we should recognize the value for us when we step in and solve those problems. Quickly. Yeah. And, and I think too, just, it goes to be said, uh, that it's a really good idea to have some kind of a warranty re you know, reinsurance kind of product that, that you have the ability to be able to help beyond, um, that whole adage, Mr. Customer, you just bought this car and if it drives off the lot and then falls yeah. into two pieces, you now own two pieces right. of a car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like, how, how can we, how can we help support, um, better? And those, those reinsurance products are really yeah. helpful. Yeah, for sure. Do that. And, and we can just keep continue to you and I through this, uh, format and any other places we just continue to work out the math and just show people yeah. mathematically here's why you want to do it and by the way with our collectors we could you know if they ask and and something comes up the customer says they've got a problem it's easy to give them a little short list of one or two things that they do to how they yeah uh, send the customer to where they need to go to get the problem solved it's just it's it's a it's a level of ad advocacy whether we have a designated advocate on our team. That's mm -hmm. a new concept. As far as I know, we haven't heard uh -huh. anybody talk about it before we started sharing the idea, but it's like, if you don't have a dedicated advocate on your team, we can train our collectors to be advocates because they, they talk to the customer more than any of us. Yeah. And so let's uh, make sure that we we're kind of out there, you know, with the feelers and, and addressing things. Yeah. If, uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about this advocacy program, please feel free to reach out and, and we can um, set up, a call yeah, and, we would, and talk to you about it. Job descriptions, yeah, we have we've written that, so, yeah. all of that. Um, and if there's anything else that we can help with, you you guys uh, feel free to reach out to us and and um, you know we'd be happy to do a discovery call and answer a couple of quick questions yeah, of and and move forward with that. Um, a reminder before we sign off: don't forget to do your journal. Mm -hmm. Yep, um, journal and stuff. yep, it's I, I think it's going to be really beneficial for a lot of people to kind of see, um, you know, how they are moving about their day. Right. And, um, and you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the same thing as like a food journal. It's like, I didn't realize I ate so much. <laughs> oh, I knew. It's <laughs> yeah, I knew I, for me, not you. I knew I did. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, tune in every Monday in August, please. You'll, uh, yeah. you, we think you'll find that uh, helpful. And, um, yeah, I think that that's all we've got for today. Uh, Friday's coming up in just a couple of days and we'll have a really great topic for you then. Um, until then, we hope you have a great Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. Get yourself ramped up for payday Fridays. Yep. We'll talk to y'all later. Talk to you Friday. Thanks.